really every organization has an opportunity to improve how it delivers value. And so you can either initiate that change yourself as an organization, right? Become agents of your own destiny or have change thrust upon you by external forces. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Welcome back to Status Go. We've talked a lot about digital transformation on this show. Businesses everywhere are waking up to the fact that they must transform to remain viable in today's world and in tomorrow's. Today we are going to explore transformation in an industry that you might not expect, parking. Not an industry that comes to mind when you think of tech. To me, that's exactly the point. Every company, every industry is changing the way they do business. Our guest today is Matt Bellinger. Matt is the Senior Vice President of Service Delivery for Denison Parking. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you so much, Jeff. Matt, our audience is always interested in our guest background, but before we get to that, parking, technology, <laughs> really? Yeah, I agree, Jeff. Um, from the outside looking in, you would think parking is very simple, right? Put the car between the lines, collect a little money, and move on, right? But, but in practice, parking is incredibly complicated. It's a it's a fragmented industry with multiple privately held operators, many of whom are going through generational change. There are lots of operating models between uh, the operator and the asset owner, the folks who might own a, a parking garage or, or parking lot. Uh, the customer facing systems, most of those cashiers and attendants have been automated away over the years, but not completely. Uh, the back office has not seen much innovation, and you have new technology coming in. There are mobile apps, things like license plate recognition, autonomous vehicles, electrification, uh, all of those combine to create an environment that's that's ripe for opportunity and, and frankly, for investment. Um, even, even looking to some of the largest private equity firms like SoftBank, right, always a a disruptor when they come in, they invested a billion dollars into a mobile app startup at the end of 2018. And that mobile app startup turned around and acquired two of the largest operators in the industry uh, to become the largest operator in the US. And, and that was just, just transformational. It's just not something that you think about, right? We all use parking garages and parking lots all the time. And a lot of times the technology, you don't even really see it. Yeah, maybe when you're checking out and that type of thing, but it is it is fascinating and I, I can't wait to dig into that. But I'd really like to back up a little bit and start with your background. If you don't mind sharing a bit about your journey with our audience, how you ended up uh, in this role and a, a little bit about your career. Sure, absolutely. I started my career as an engineer in product development, and I, I passionately enjoy that that process of discovery and design and build and launch and 
and the, the life cycle management of an offering, that's, that's always been a passion of mine. And that allowed me to, to get into the mergers and acquisition space, which certainly has a, a product component to it, but it's also yeah. largely cultural business process transformation, right? Bringing the teams together to really innovate and capitalize on, on that new, the new opportunity. And from there, I was able to springboard into organizational building and leadership and, and sort of that, that enterprise uh, transformation role. You've spoken before at some of uh, some of our gatherings uh, here in the technology community on design thinking, and I think that's been a big part of your career. I know you've written about that as well, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. That that process of of understanding your users and the pain points that the users are experiencing, and, and ideating on a future state, and 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 sort of prioritizing how to, how you get from where you are today to to where you want to go and and then launching and delivering that and and getting that user feedback and continual refinement is is uh it's just a it's an amazing experience to uh to, to go through that through any any industry or, or company and i and i really enjoy uh, that aspect of, of the role and i imagine that you're bringing that uh, skill set that background to Denison Parking as you're helping guide this transformation. So why don't we start at the beginning, talk about Denison Parking uh, and how this transformation kind of has gotten off the ground, so to speak. Sure, yeah, thank you. So so Denison is a mid-size operator uh, across 11 states. We've been in business since 1934. And many of the, the systems that we use to operate the back office today have, have been around for quite a while. We had a, a leadership change about three years ago, and that allowed us to critically examine the current state of the business and the, and the trajectory that we wanted to, to go down. And, you know, change can be hard for everyone, right? Yes. And we all have... A tendency to to become habituated, right, to the to the practices and processes that that we're doing, and and really every organization has an opportunity to improve how it delivers value, and so you can either initiate that change yourself as an organization, right, become agents of your own destiny, or have change thrust upon you by external forces, right? And, and so right. as an organization, we, we decided, you know, that our values, right, our, our tagline is experienced, innovative, personal. And that felt, that investment just felt in line with our shared values to refocus on our clients and deliver that next round of experience. So one of the things that I get really focused on is the concept of vision. And I know we didn't talk about this in our pre-talk, Matt, but where did the vision come from for what does, uh, I, I know there never really is an end state, but, but what's the vision and where did it come from to start down this path? Yeah, that's a great topic, Jeff. The company for a while, you know, was very much on an even keel Revenue was good, great profit uh, potential and, and on, ongoing basis, right? Things are, are great. Why would anyone take it upon themselves, right, to inject change into that equation, right? 
right right and and yet at the same time change is imperative because when you when you look across the industry right there are like we talked about some some major players some in, other investment flowing in digital disruption and and if you you know sort of project forward a year two years five years things would be fine right status quo is is okay but but as you look out beyond that right and you think about the clients and the customers that have that have come to trust Denison and the the brand and what that stands for and what that means that experienced innovative personal touch that boutique experience that we provide for our clients we recognize that that it was it was critical to invest now so that we're in a position to continue to deliver enhanced value as our clients face choice, right? We, we all have choice and, and we want to be able to provide our clients, we want to meet them and meet their changing needs and anticipate those needs and be able to participate in that, that forward-looking discussion when we think about, well, what, what could be next or how can you provide uh, differentiated services and value to me? And, and that level of transformation, you want to lay the groundwork ahead of time so that you're, you're in a position to, to support that. I find that interesting because we, we talk to a, a lot of companies and, you know, they, they talk about a three-year plan or not much beyond that, but you guys were looking beyond the three-year plan. Where do we go from there? I I think mm-hmm. that's a incredible use of foresight. So I, I wanted to ask a clarifying question. Uh, being ignorant to the parking industry that I am, so I parked in one of your garages last night. For Thank you very much. Yeah, my pleasure. Am I your customer or is the building owner your customer? Oh, that's a that's a great question. Thank you for that, Jeff. You are a customer when you park in garages. We differentiate between our customers and our clients. And so our client would be the, the owner of that parking asset. So it could be a, a REIT, a real estate investment trust. Ah, it could okay. be a private owner. It could be a municipality, right? But when you park in one of the facilities that we operate, you are a customer. And, and we endeavored to provide an outstanding experience for our parkers, right? For the folks who are in our facilities, our customers, as well as for our clients, right? And and, and that means understanding, right? We talked about design thinking, right? Understanding your users, those can be two very different users. And so it's important to understand, right? Yes. What is the, the user who is a client? What is the user who is a, a monthly parker, right? Somebody who maybe works in an office building. And it's also important to understand the parker who is who is a daily parker, like, like it sounds like what you did, right. where you just came down and parked in, in sort of a, a one-time, transaction right and and those all have different profiles right yeah, and a yeah, different profile yeah. from from if you were parking for an event right uh, like a like a football game or something right because i would imagine that yes it, it was a good experience right i i parked in the garage and i you know paid my ticket to get out and all that and it was a good experience but i as a customer i'm not driving around looking for a denison garage right Right. I mean, that's that's not the way your business works. Uh, and we're probably getting down into a little bit of a rabbit hole here. But do you take 
that into consideration as you're building your business and building your technology that the user experience may not drive repeat business for the the daily parker as you as you called me right right we we absolutely do and for us we we do want to create that brand and that experience for the the customer so that way the customer knows when they see the denison logo outside of a parking facility as they pull up they know that they can count on a level of service a cleanliness yeah. a quality and and candidly it helps us on the client side as well right we, we have <laughs> yeah. clients that reach out to us based on our reputation right based on the fact that we've been in business since 1934 and we may have part of their portfolio and they may have a a property in a state where we don't even operate and and that property maybe is 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 troubled is experiencing some operating challenges and they will reach out to us and say because you have been successful here here and here because of your reputation in the industry we need you to come in and do xyz right and and yeah. that yeah. that reputation that that uh, is is so incredibly valuable in in this industry so thank you for that lesson i i think it's important to understand the context uh, of the business as as we start to hear this transformational story so matt remind me how long have you been with denison now is it three years just over two years just over two years so two years ago you walk in the door as cio of of denison describe it to us. What what do you find? What do you think you're going to be doing? Uh, what do you find? And then how did you start this journey of transformation? Oh, that's, yeah, that, that's great. So, so it was super exciting. Um, not only was I coming in as the CIO, I was coming in as the first CIO. Oh, and, yeah. and that was also an experience. It was really, uh, I'll, I'll never forget, I was uh, riding back in the first a month and a half or so when, when I was here, I, I went and visited one of our uh, facilities uh, out of state and we went as a, as a group. And I'll never forget on the return flight back, uh, one of the other executives that I was sitting next to, she you know, tapped me on the leg and she, she looks over and, and she says, you know, you're nothing like what I expected a CIO to be, right? <laughs> That's a great compliment, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> I, I just looked over and smiled and said, you know, thank you. I, I, I appreciate that, right? And in my mind, it's, it's that engagement at the business level. You, you know, obviously, we all have to make sure that, that the printers are working, right? You, you don't get permission to do the yeah. transformation, you know, unless the day-to-day -day activity is in place. But you know, step one is, is that sort of assessing the, the landscape? Where are we? What, what do things look like? And there had been some work done in that space prior to my arrival, which was what helped Denison recognize that they, that they needed a CIO a skill, right? And, and that enterprise transformation and operational uh, focus, right? And, and so when I arrived, you know, we looked across the landscape of our of our systems and our business processes, and we observed that our ERP uh, in the beginning was was a legacy system. You know, green screen uh, access to the financial data was limited to folks in the accounting and finance department. Uh, you can imagine, you know, how uh, asking a, a question that wasn't available in a standard report would 
require levels of of engagement and analysis, right? There was no no concept of self service data <laughs> that that you you and I would would resonate with, right. and and so we embarked on a on a journey on a, on a path to investigate what that would look like, right? Let's replace our our core financial system. So much of what we do for our clients is essentially managing their asset, right? And a lot of that is financial management of the asset and having core financial systems that are modern and dynamic and scalable is is just an incredible advantage. And so we walked down that path and we engaged vendors and we engaged our internal stakeholders as well. And that's when we learned that not only do they feel a pain point around the financial systems, right? Again, keep in mind, they didn't have access to real-time financial information, but they also had pain points around our HRIS, the HR systems. Yeah. And so we said, well, let's, let's reframe that. And we had already gone down the path of engaging ERP vendors. And we said, well, let's zoom out and see, is there an opportunity to also have a common platform for our HRIS and financial systems. Because replacing your ERP is not a big enough project by itself. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes. And, and candidly, th that, is, uh, that is always a challenge, right? When you go down this path of how do you manage that scope and schedule? Because once you go down the path and you start setting expectations and painting a vision for the future, right, people become hungry for the promise, right? Yeah, yeah. And and you get into the, it's, it's the classic hype cycle, right? Expectations, they pile up and you have this sort of peak of inflated expectations. And and as you go through the implementation and, and you de-scope things or, you know, shift a schedule, you kind of go into the uh, the trough of despair, right? As you as you go right. through that, that implementation and, and organizational performance follows, right? Everybody wants to to jump the maturity curve, to go from the current state to the future state as quickly as possible. Um, but it's important to recognize that that we're all humans. Yeah, and, and you can't skip those stages, right? You've got to go through it. You have got to go through those stages. That's exactly right. As as leaders, as managers, it's it's incumbent on us to make that period of disruption as short and shallow as possible. But but to think that it won't exist or to think that you can blast through it uh, is to do a disservice to the to the people of the organization, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I know from our discussions, Matt, that a lot of your technology portfolio is either in the cloud now or moving to the cloud. Was that an intentional strategy that you set out uh, in that direction, or was it a byproduct of something else as you were going through this? Oh, that yeah, that really great, great question, Jeff. So I always like to start with the users and the user experience in mind. And for us, what was critical was the ability to get access to data in a more real-time way to a wider group of of folks, right? So that the manager of a particular facility can get access to their information, to the financial performance, to the HR information around their facility at any time. And 
as you go down that path and explore the technologies available, right? Now you're talking, you know, web technology, mobile app access, many of the current industry leading platforms to deliver that level of functionality are cloud-based. Mm -hmm. And so we landed on cloud as a technology, as an implementation choice to deliver the experience that we were looking to deliver. Right. Yeah. Um, and of course, there are operational advantages and, and all of the things from an IT perspective. Right. Obviously, you, you weigh those in, but we really led with sort of the, the user experience and wanted to um, to make sure that we hit that first. Gosh, imagine that starting with the user in mind. I, I, right. I love that. <laughs> uh, so where are things now? You started on this. What sounds like I can just imagine our listeners cringing that you're doing. Uh, you're doing your ERP, you're doing your HRIS, you're doing a CRM, kind of all at the same time. So right. where do things stand in that life cycle? What, what's your current state? So we wanted to start small. We wanted to introduce change in a gradual way to get the organization accustomed to new things. And, and we started that by, by doing an O365 uh, migration and that was great. Uh, we launched Teams as a as a collaboration platform. So now, you know, many of the folks again who are remote in the facilities across the U.S. they can they can now interact seamlessly, right? And instead of a phone call, it's it's an easy video conference. It's a quick um, message, instant message chat back and forth. That's been fantastic. And as part of that. Um, that laid the groundwork for us to go to the next level of change, right? Which is launching ERP and CRM and HRIS, and and those are all live now and and in production. And so now we're sort of in the the optimization and incremental enhancements phase, right? Where where we're we're taking a look at those core business processes and and understanding. How do we how do we realize the efficiency and, and capability that the that the system brings that that we didn't have before right how can we leverage that to increase speed to reduce cost to drive additional capability for our clients and our customers and we'll introduce some additional functionality and some additional integrations and and of course integrations can be a double-edged sword right right because on the one hand, they can bring additional capability, but but also complexity and business risk. And then right? somebody has to support them. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So Matt, when you decided to go Office 365, this may be a, a question that has already been answered. But again, I'm curious, why Office 365? Was it cloud or did it go back to that strategy that you were talking about earlier about uh, access from anywhere, anytime kind of thing? What was what was the driver in that choice? That was driven, um, not again, not necessarily cloud, although from an administration perspective and the ability to, to maintain and deliver the O365 platform is great. There's also a portfolio of capabilities, right? So, so rather than have a, a technology stack that is best in breed picked from multiple vendors, right? Where uh, that's an absolutely valid choice for certain organizations. And we elected to go down the sort of single vendor uh, uniform stack approach that provided the tool chain, the, the insight, the collaboration capability in a, in a Microsoft platform. And we recognize that going down that path would allow us to do things like 
integrate uh, the authentication engine for our Office 365 in email and use that same authentication strategy for our ERP, HRIS, CRM systems. And so again, in, in the case of integrations can be good and bad, right? When that integration goes down, you know, obviously, you know, you've got you've got sensitivities across the, the portfolio of your of your offerings, but at the same time, the user experience is consistent. Yeah. The yeah. ability to manage passwords, right? And and all of those things, it drives your help desk calls down. So we were intentional on that particular technology choice because of the advantages in operations. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So I want you to sit in front of your crystal ball right now. You've kind of optimized your core. You're still doing some work related to operational efficiencies, but you've stabilized your core and you've optimized it. Mm-hmm. In your opening, you were um, you mentioned some things that are a bit provocative, right? Electric cars and uh, mobile apps and all these kinds of things. So what's next? What does the world of parking look like in, call it 2025? Well, that yeah, that crystal ball is uh, is super fun, and and we all think you know five years from now we'll have autonomous vehicles and we won't have to do all these, and and, and in in reality we will have progress toward all yeah. of these things, right? But I, I fully expect that in 2025 I'll still be sitting behind a, a steering wheel. Um, I do think electrification uh, is really taking taking off. Uh, the the notion of opening up your inventory, the inventory of parking to a, a wider audience, right? That benefits not only the parker, right, who is searching for parking maybe on, on their mobile device, exactly. but it also benefits the asset owner, right? Because now they're able to to capture more demand. So connecting the the provider with the purchaser, right? That's that notion of platforms is very powerful. And being able to provide insight to the asset owners and to the to the customers, right? That turning data, the parking industry, believe it or not, is a wash in data. Mm-hmm. And turning that data into insight and then the insight into action, right? That that path, that pipeline uh, will, will be really transformational. And and that that I believe will happen in the next five years. That would be great. As I mentioned, as we were talking through this, you know, I don't, I don't go downtown and drive around to find a Denison garage, but if I had an app on my phone, similar to open table, right. right, That I could reserve a spot in one of your garages next to a banker's life field house, because I'm going to a pacer game tonight. That would be really cool that now I know where I'm going to park and I don't have to stress over it. Exactly. And, and now imagine that when you bought your Pacers tickets, you had the ability to buy parking at the same time, right? Yeah. That, yeah. that level of integration is, is becoming available. And I, and I think you'll see that over the next, the next few. There are industry players pushing toward that vision of the future now. That sounds really exciting. And Matt, I know we're running up on time here. So I do want to go to kind of my closing question as we've talked about you've covered a lot of ground today in starting into uh, an industry and into a company that was a wash in legacy applications and 
knew that it had to change and you've put together a plan to start down that path. And I think as you related to us, it really started with your assessment, but your focus always on the user, whether it's one of your client users, one of the garage owners, the real estate companies, or whether it's one of your customers, the people that park, you always focused on those. So long lead into the question of we've got a wide variety of listeners out there today in a wide variety of industries. What should they do tomorrow because they heard your story today? You know, I would say start small, lay the foundation for change, right? We all recognize that change is hard. It doesn't come easy. Sometimes you can't even get access to all of the data. Um, and what you think is common data may not be common. Uh, once you understand the data, that, that'll, that can also be uh, telling. It can drive changes in budgets and projects in org structures, right? It can be very disquieting, but keep that focus on the user. And if you understand who your core users are and the experience that you're looking to deliver, and by the way, I, I wanna make sure that I highlight one of the key users are your internal users, right? The employees that yeah, you're serving, yeah, yeah. the people in the organization, right? Denison pivots on our people. We have amazing people. And delivering that experience for them is just as critical as the customers and the clients, right? And if you get those right, then everything else will fall into place. That is a great addition. I left that user group out. And that is, thank you for pointing that out, Matt, because I think uh, that's a great way to focus and, and a great way to wrap on our conversation today. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day. I know uh, as a CIO, your day, your calendar is uh, pretty full. And I appreciate you sitting down with us and talking. Would love to invite you back on a future show, maybe dig deeper into some of these concepts uh, as you continue down this path, but, but do want to thank you so much today for taking the time. It's been my pleasure, Jeff. Thank you so much. To our listeners, if you have a question or want to learn more, you can visit intervision.com. The show notes will provide links and contact information. This is Jeff Tun for Matt Bellinger. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.